I feel like people are being pandered to right now. No one's being pushed outside of anything they want to do. Yeah, live your truth, whatever. I'm here to offer an alternative opinion. I'm Danielle Elizabeth, and this is my podcast. Aren't podcasts supposed to have cute names and stuff, though? Today, I want to talk about the power of yes. I want to challenge this idea that I've seen out there lately that saying no is equivalent and essential to self-care. And not that I completely disagree with that, but I want to kind of tear that apart a little bit and explore it and figure out what that means. Because I think what was originally intended by whoever wrote that meant one thing, and I think society is kind of taking it to another level. You know, just to jump right into things, I guess. (laughs) So I am not a bath person. Like, I know that there are people that are like, oh, I'm going to relax and take a bath. When I think of self-care, I don't know why I think of, like, taking a bath. But, and when I say I'm not a bath person, I don't mean I don't shower. I just mean I don't, I don't really enjoy soaking in a tub of my own filth. (laughs) And I'm sorry if you do, and I'm sorry if that ruins it for you. But, like, if I were to enjoy a bath, I feel like I would have to shower first, clean the tub, then be in the tub, and then shower after the bath. (laughs) So I think that would defeat the purpose of relaxation. But I'm weird. So I love the idea of self-care. I love the idea that we need to recharge, we need to reset. I think it's really important to do those things. I think at least once a week, everyone needs to take a day where they just do nothing. Just turn your phone off, turn your mind off, and relax and recharge. But I believe in scheduling that out. I don't believe that self-care happens in the moment or as an afterthought or like canceling on plans you had already made or anything like that. I think that's where I want to challenge this notion and this idea that saying no equals self-care. Because I don't necessarily believe that that's true. I believe that some of the most amazing moments of self-care in my life where I've honestly sat and relaxed and just taken in everything around me and breathed it in and just like rebooted were because I said yes to something, not because I said no to something. I literally am remembering this moment in Tuscany this last year. We almost didn't do the Tuscany trip. We were at the end of the Amalfi trip, and we got an opportunity to extend our trip by a few days to go to Tuscany. It was just way beyond our comfort zone and way beyond my comfort zone to be across an ocean and be cutting it that close with our original trip budget. I remember that moment of deciding that we were going to stay because I've always wanted to do Tuscany. Just like the Amalfi Coast, Tuscany's always been a dream. And I remember deciding to stay and getting an email literally within 30 seconds of making that decision when we decided to stay. And that email was Jenny Yu, which is a a client that we currently have now as well. And 
she wanted us to shoot their runway show for Bridal Fashion Week last year. That was a little bit of extra money that kind of fixed our temporary funds issue. And it was also an amazing opportunity. So, of course, we said yes to that as well. But I also want to say that I think that sometimes God waits until we decide to do something before the provision is there. And that may be a totally different, that will be a totally different podcast because that's like a whole different subject that I want to get into about, you know, dipping our toe in the water versus jumping out of the boat. But yeah, so like once we made the decision to stay and decided to say yes to Tuscany, we got to Tuscany and Josh wanted to fly his drone. And I, there was a pool and I just wanted to sit by the pool and just soak my feet in the pool. And I'm sitting there and just all of these things just hit me, just this flood of emotions of gratefulness. And it was just like this warm feeling of love, of God's love. And and this feeling of like, he, he took us through everything that we went through last year and brought us out. And it, it was a moment where I could see the other side of grief. I could see the other side of pain. I could see how much he loved us and wants to bless us with the things that are the desires of our heart, even if we've forgotten those desires. I can't remember the last time I was that relaxed, before then or since then. And it desperately makes me want to go back to Tuscany. (laughs) I know that that moment of self-care wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have said yes, if we hadn't have said yes to that. And it would have been so easy to say no. I mean, we had to change our flight. We had to believe for more money to come in. It was just kind of magical. One of those moments where you are grateful that you said yes. And I want to challenge the notion that saying no to plans you've already committed to or family or whatever it may be is self-care or that it will even make you feel that relaxed. Because like, yeah, for a moment, you might get a, a minute of peace and quiet alone in a bathtub, but it's not really self-care. Like it's not really feeding your soul the way that it needs to because that guilt is going to be there. And and I know that that sounds weird to say guilt. I'm not putting that on you. I just know you and I know me. It doesn't matter how much I think I need it or need a night off. The thing that I need a night off from is probably not my friends and family. It's probably something else that I need to budget time for in the rest of my week and plan time for. The thing is, like, I think that whenever somebody said, you know, sometimes saying no is necessary to self-care. Yes, sometimes. And I think to toxic relationships, toxic people, toxic situations, absolutely. Like, those things are essential to say no to for personal growth. So don't get me wrong, once again, I, I feel like I say that every podcast. Like, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you should never say no to someone or whatever. I'm just saying that... In general, saying yes is going to feed your soul more than saying no. That's my alternative opinion that I'm offering you today. The reason that I want to focus on this, and even though it's not a super well-developed thought within me, I kind of want to walk through that with you because it's something that's been on my mind for a long time in my heart. Because I often want to challenge conventional wisdom. I don't want to just take everything everyone says as truth, especially like people do that a lot these days. It's like they saw, they see a meme on the internet or like an inspirational quote. If it justifies the way that they're feeling in the moment, they just take it and run with it. They don't care. They'll post it. They'll print it. They'll hang it on their wall in their living room and that'll be their new Bible. That's their new scripture. That's their new theme and anthem in life. And it may not be founded in truth at all. It might just be 
something that some other bitter person wrote one day and wanted to put online. They just happen to make it look pretty with an app or something. I know my audience at this point because I've gotten messages from so many of you and I know the type of people that you are. And I know that this may not sit great with you at first. I know that because I know a lot of you are grinding and pushing and fighting. And I know that you need a break sometimes. I know. And I know that it's easy to to think that that break is going to come with saying no to some other obligation. And I just want to say to you, like, I understand. Just stick with me. Track with me for a minute. Let's try to talk this out and figure out if we can land somewhere that makes sense. Because I th- I think I'm on to something here. I think I'm on to something that will change the way that you look at yes and no and change the way that you look at opportunities versus obligations. I think that's what I'm after here is we focus so much on the yes and on the no that we forget to look at the opportunity that we're saying yes or no to and what that could lead to. And there are so many things that seem like obligations on the surface that end up being the key that unlocks a door for you that's been locked forever. You know, you end up meeting someone or you end up meeting your future spouse or you end up networking for your career and it ends up being something crazy. And I think there is something to the idea that the thing that we want to do the least is often the thing that we need to do the most. I think that we have gotten away from that. I think everyone is comfortable right now. And I think that that is leading everyone to making poor decisions. <laughs> because once you get comfortable, it's really hard to get up. Like, think about it. Once you're cozy in your bed, like the last thing you want to do after you've been laying there for 20 minutes trying to go to sleep is get up and pee because you have to pee all of a sudden. It's like the biggest drag in the world. <laughs> or get up to, you know, let the dog out or whatever it may be. Like, once you're comfortable... Getting up is such a drag. And I think I think I just want to challenge the idea that comfort is the goal. Like, I don't think comfort should be the goal. I don't think self-care should necessarily equal comfort either. And I think that self-care should equal doing what's best for you. And doing what's best for us isn't always comfortable. It's not always fun in the moment. So... Are you a yes person or are you a no person? And think about that. I think a lot of us think we're yes people, but we're no people. I mean, I think for the most part I'm a yes person, but there are definitely times of the day that I'm a no person. Mornings, I'm not a yes person. I'm not happy in the mornings. It's hard for me to be a yes person in the mornings. It's hard for my husband to be a yes person at night. He's We naturally have opposite schedules. He can go to bed at 10 p.m., immediately fall asleep, wake up at 6 a.m., and not have made a peep all night long. I cannot do that at all. It is very hard for me to maintain, like, a normal sleep schedule. And I don't know why. I read an article a while back that was basically said that there's two types of people, that it is hard to change how you naturally are. But anyway, so there's different times of the year that it's harder for me to be a guest person. Winter really gets to me. Like I get kind of depressed in the wintertime. And I try to fight that and 
We talked about this year about how we just need to go somewhere for kind of the whole month of February next year. Just like go on a tropical vacation, sublet our apartment if we have to, just like get out for a month. Because up here in New York, it starts snowing and raining around Thanksgiving and it doesn't stop until April. (laughs) So it's like five, six months of just winter. And it's a lot. And when you're living in a city where it's kind of harsh anyway, even on the sunny days, it makes it that much harsher in the wintertime. So I think different times of the year, it's harder to say yes. I mean, I don't think it's any accident that I've started this podcast in the middle of summer. Like, I always feel better when I have access to the sun and the beach. And I don't like being hot, which is actually great up here. Like, it doesn't get that hot up here. People up here that complain about the heat crack me up. They're like, it's 110. I'm like, no, it's not. It's like 95, but you're acting like it's 110. And you really haven't ever been in 110 degree weather or you would die. Meanwhile, in Oklahoma, it's 120 for like two months straight. And everyone just powers through. Goodness, I'm not looking forward to our trip in a couple weeks. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone, but I, I hate the heat. I hate August in Oklahoma. There's no worse month. Even when it's that hot, the wind doesn't even help because it's just like a hot blow dryer in your face. It doesn't relieve anything. It just makes it worse. I bring it up a lot that I'm not a mom. And I started a hashtag. I I don't know if I started it, but I started hashtagging like hashtag not a mom because I think it's funny. A lot of my friends will post, hey, all my mom friends, what is it that you need or can't live without? And I'm always like hashtag not a mom, but my sister uses this awesome thing and she loves it. So I just, it's like, I have no idea what it's like to raise kids. So I want to preface this by saying that. And so if you think this idea is ludicrous, please let me know. I just, I feel like it's an interesting thought that I'm kind of onto and thinking about. So unsolicited parenting advice from a non-parent. So take this with a grain of salt. But I am someone who I feel like had amazing parents. And so a lot of what I believe about parenting, the way that it should be, is based on my own upbringing and what I saw. I want to talk about the power of saying yes to your kids also, and how like what we heard when we were kids, I think shapes us as adults. And I said it on the podcast last week that I was always celebrated at my in my home life. My personality, my quirks, all of those things were celebrated. And it got me thinking more about this week and how I feel like my parents always said yes to us. As long as it was something, and, and hear me out here, I know people are listening that are like, no, that's how you create spoiled brats. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say I'm not a spoiled brat because there's a decent amount of spoiled rottenness in me. But I also think that there's a lot of confidence in me. I think there's a lot of self-love. I think there's a lot of things that I, tools that I think that they gave me, that they put in my tool belt that I can now use to conquer my fears and achieve my dreams. And I think one of those things is that they said yes to us. As long as it, and and hear me out here, as long as it was something that, number one, was not harmful to us. So 
I'm not saying that you should say yes to something that would hurt your kids. Number two, not something that would reinforce negative behavior. It's not like they would say yes to us if we were in trouble for something else. Like, <laughs> we got grounded, we got busted, like, all of those things. My parents were were very strict disciplinarians, so I just want to make that clear. And then as long as they could afford it. And there were times growing up, I'm sure, like, with everyone's family, where money was tighter than usual. But, like, you could honestly see the pain in my parents' eyes in those times when they wanted to give us something and they couldn't. It was just temporary, but it was still... Their desire was always to say yes to us. And I think that that's really interesting because I see it modeled in my sister these days a lot because she was raised in the same house. And so I see the way that she is with her kids. And if my nephew Hudson, if he wants to go outside and play, she says yes. Like, she may not feel like going outside. She may not, you know, she might want to sit inside and be in air conditioning and not sweat her butt off to be outside, but she'll go outside and play with him. And that was how we had it growing up, too. Like, my dad worked his butt off, and he'd come home at, you know, 8 o'clock at night, working 8 to 8 every day, basically. And we'd still want him to play with us in the living room floor and wrestle and go play catch outside. And he never once said no to us about that. Or if we really needed, you know, clothes or shoes or something like that, and... I can't think of a time that that they said no to us unless it fell in one of those three categories. I think that what's so cool about that is there was always a good reason for them saying no. And they always explained it. But their desire was always to say yes. I think that that's what we need to realize about God. I think that how we view love through our relationship with our earthly father, a lot of times we project that onto who God is. And I think whatever we saw mirrored to us as kids is what we will end up mirroring to our own children one day. And even if we don't ever have kids or we're not parents yet, it's still going to be hard for us to believe for good things to come our way if we didn't believe it was going to happen when we asked or we just didn't even bother asking because we knew that it wasn't going to happen in the first place. But the thing is, we have a father in God who says yes to us. All the time he says yes to us. But we say no all the time. We say no right back to him. We say no to experiences, to blessings, to opportunities. And I think that we say no out of fear And I think sometimes out of just laziness and comfort. But the thing is that we don't know is that we're ruining our lives by saying no to opportunities that are in front of us. Do you guys have a bucket list? I used to. Because when I say like the Amalfi Coast is a bucket list trip, I haven't actively added to the bucket list in a long time, in years. But there's definitely things in my mind. I think I have a Pinterest board, bucket list Pinterest board. But there's things that I want to do for sure that are always on my heart and mind. But I think a lot of people have bucket lists. And I was thinking about this, that you have to be in a pattern and a mindset of yes if you want to accomplish things on your bucket list. If you think that one day you're just going to wake up with the courage to just say yes to some crazy thing like, 
skydiving or whatever. Like, you're not going to. And I know that sounds harsh and it sounds bad, but not all of us know when we're going to die. Like, that bucket list movie, like, they knew that they were dying. So their fear was removed. And I know that I've talked about this a lot lately, but our bucket list trip to Italy, the Amalfi Coast, Tuscany, that wouldn't have happened. The Tuscany moment of me sitting by the pool and soaking it in and the gratitude and the self-care in that moment and the restoration that took place in that moment would not have happened if I would have been more of a no person. Ask yourself, are you a yes person or are you a no person? A no person always looks for the out. And I think that's interesting to note because a yes person is always looking for the reason why, the one tiny reason why it will work, maybe. And a no person is thinking about all the reasons it won't work. And it's a glass half full, glass half empty, classic age old tale. But I'm telling you right now, if you think that you're going to achieve these big dreams and big goals and bucket list items and you're a no person or you're a glass half empty person, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess, but I don't believe that you are going to achieve those things. I don't believe that you are going to attract the good things to come into your life because you're not putting that out there. And because, frankly, you just believe it's not possible. I want to kind of delve into that a little bit because I want to talk to the person who thinks that they're a yes person, but there's still remnants of no in them. This is me, 100%. Like, I'm talking right back to myself. So if it seems like I'm kind of just exploring this for the first time, this is the first time I'm audibly saying it out loud to myself. But hear me out. I think that there are a lot of times where I need to ask myself, what would have been different in this situation if I would have said yes instead of no? And a lot of times, you know, when you have said yes and things work out well, it's easy to look back and be like, wow, I'm so glad I said yes to that because how different would my life be if I had said no to that? And so I think it's important to look at both and and make sure that we're always, always saying yes to good things. One of my favorite quotes that I've had for my whole life, ever since I first moved to New York, I found it on a quotable card I want to say it was summer of 2004 when I was interning here in New York, and it was the Whole Foods on 7th Avenue in Chelsea. On the front of one of them, it said, what would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? And I saved that. I bought it and I saved it. And I gave it to Josh on his, the first birthday he celebrated after we were married, because that was the, the birthday that I surprised him with a trip to New York. And that was the card that I gave him. That quote has provided more motivation for me in my life than a lot of scripture, a lot of other quotes, a lot of people. It's just like, it's one simple anthem in my head all the time. Like, what would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? Especially for someone who is afraid of failure. It makes you realize that the only reason you're not attempting these things is because you're afraid of failure. I think that there are reasons that people say no. Well, I think there's reason that people say no. One reason that people say no. Fear. Different types of fear are the reasons, but fear of failure, fear of success, which is a weird one, but it's a thing. Fear of the unknown, fear of what will people say, which I think is fear of failure, because I think it was Rachel Hollis. She had a really good quote, and she said, you're not afraid of failing. You're afraid of them seeing you fail. 
And it's <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that stung. Like, that got me. It's just, it points out what's really going on. What are you really worried about? What are you really afraid of? And it all goes back to what I was talking about last week with authenticity. It's all about being afraid of other people's opinions and them seeing us fail. Fear is the opposite of faith. It really is. When I'm talking about being a yes person, all I mean by that is that just believing that good things are generally going to happen. Stop worst case scenarioing your life away. Like if you want something good to happen in your life, you're going to have to start saying yes a lot more often than you're saying it right now. Get in a pattern of yes. And the problem, once again, that I have with the self-care advice of saying no is that people are using that as an excuse. They're using that advice as an excuse to say no to good opportunities. So they see a meme that tells them, like, you need to say no to this. Like, saying no sometimes is necessary to self-care, blah, blah, blah. And they take that and they apply it to their whole life. And they just start saying no to things, good and bad. And they don't differentiate. It's just like, I'm too overwhelmed right now. No, 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 no. The answer is just no. They use it to justify fear. And I really just think that we're a society looking for excuses. We love excuses. There are babies. <laughs> and that advice to say no is great when it's something that is toxic or meaningless. But too many of us are saying no to healthy, meaningful opportunities because we're comfortable. And once again, I believe that comfort equals complacency. And I'm not talking about contentment. I think we addressed that in episode one. If you're content, that's great. I'm so happy for you because contentment is something that's difficult for people like me to achieve and rest in. So I'm not talking about contentment and rest. Like if that's where you feel like you are, great. I'm happy for you. I really am. I'm talking about being comfortable. And comfort is the enemy of progress, 100%. If you want to move forward, you're going to have to start saying yes to things that you don't necessarily want to, things that make you uncomfortable. Being a yes person doesn't mean that we sit around and wait for someone to ask the question either. It doesn't mean that we do nothing until someone invites us to do something. It means we make stuff happen. It means we dream again or for the first time. And we start to say yes to those dreams. We start to figure out every day how to make it happen and we don't quit. There's some other conventional wisdom I want to question. And that is the traditional way that we have been taught to save for retirement. And, you know, even well-meaning individuals that I think have done a lot of really good in this world, like Dave Ramsey. Like, I'm not here to say that Dave Ramsey is a bad guy or anything like that. Like, he's a great guy and he's done amazing things. And I've taken his classes and Josh has too. Let me just be clear. I think that making a temporary change, sacrificing in the short run to set yourself up for the long run is amazing. But too many people are also using that as an excuse to live really miserable lives. And they're not temporary. I don't believe that Dave Ramsey believes in like hating your life. I just want that disclaimer out there that like when I say this, I'm not disregarding Dave Ramsey's advice. Because I'm not knocking saving for retirement and all of those things. But if you're eating beanie weenies and ramen every night and you never travel, not even on a road trip, 
And you're just hoarding this money and saving it for one day that you honestly may or may not ever see. First of all, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. What makes you think that you're guaranteed 20 years from now, 30 years from now? You're not. Like, enjoy your life. It's literally passing you by every single day that you're living this miserable life and you're eking out this existence because you have this idea in your head that you should, and there's that word again, should, that you should be saving for this amazing retirement. And once again, I'm not talking about temporarily choosing to not go out to dinner to save some money to get out of debt so that you can start to put money into your dream and pursue that. I want to be clear that like I am a fan of downsizing, getting rid of at least one of your cars. I'm a fan of that. But I'm a fan of that being temporary. I'm a fan of that being part of the process of launching you into your dream. I'm talking about people who have just accepted beanie weenies as their life for the foreseeable future. They have no plan other than a 401k to put an end to their suffering. I know that you know people like this. I know people like this. I think living that kind of life will, number one, age you more quickly so that when retirement comes, you're not physically able to enjoy it. And number two, I think because you've been in a pattern of saying no for so many years, you're not going to enjoy your retirement mentally either. You won't know how to enjoy it because you spent so much of your life doing the right thing or the responsible thing. And you think that once retirement hits that you're automatically going to change into this carefree person that's just happy all the time and says yes to stuff? No, it's not. I'm sorry, your retirement money is probably going to go to pay medical bills because you've given yourself ulcers and high blood pressure because you spent your whole life worrying about something and stressing about something that you could have been enjoying the whole time. But the thing is, we don't know how long we have. Josh and I may not ever reach retirement age. And I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just trying to be realistic and think, who knows what will happen? Who knows what will happen in 20, 30, 40 years of time? So we're not going to put off the things that we should be saying yes to today. We're not. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. That's why you have to say yes today. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe by going to Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, or Overcast. New episodes posted every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern. If you'd like to support this podcast, go to anchor.fm slash Danielle Elizabeth Inc. and click on support. This podcast is mixed and mastered by Jaron Nix of Desperado Sound.